0: Greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ, a blessed Sunday to all of you. Today, we continue on our journey through the book of Leviticus. Last week, we learned about a very important requirement in living in the midst of a holy God, and that is, living with the perfect God demands giving the perfect sacrifice. For the sinful Israelites to continue to live with the Lord, they have to offer burnt offerings, and other sacrifices as atonement for their sins. And we also learned that for these sacrifices to be pleasing and acceptable to God, the animal sacrifices should not only be perfect, but they must also be offered only by a specific group of people, which are the priests. Today, we will learn more about them and their special calling in the life of God's people. So if you have your Bibles with you, please open them with me in Leviticus chapter 8. We'll be going through the whole chapter, but uh, for our scripture reading, we'll be only reading from verse 1 to verse 13. Leviticus chapter 8, verse 1 to 13. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his sons with him, and the garments and the anointing oil, and the bull of the sin offering, and the two rams, and the basket of unleavened bread and assemble all the congregation at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. And the congregation was assembled at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And Moses said to the congregation, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded to be done. And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. And he put on the coat on him and tied the sash around his waist and clothed him with the robe. And put the ephod on him, and tied the skillfully woven band of the ephod around him, binding it to him with the band. And he placed the breastpiece on him, and in the breastpiece he put the urim and the thumim. And he set the turban on his head, and on the turban in front he set the golden plate, the holy crown, as the Lord commanded Moses." Then Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it and consecrated them. And he sprinkled some of it on the altar seven times and anointed the altar and all its utensils and the basin and its stand to consecrate them. And he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. And Moses brought Aaron's sons and clothed them with coats and tied sashes around their waists, and bound caps on them, as the Lord commanded Moses. May God bless the reading of his word. Have you ever been part of an exclusive group? Or have you ever been entrusted a very important role? Maybe you have been voted to be part of the student council when you were in high school, or in college, or even a batch officer. Or maybe you have been appointed as a fellowship officer in church or maybe even hold a government office. If you have, then you know how great an honour it is to be part of such a special and exclusive group. It is a great honour because not everyone is given the opportunity to be part of one. But we also know that honour is only one side of it. For there is also great responsibility and pressure that comes with the task. Just as Uncle Ben told Peter Parker in the first Spider-Man movie, with great power comes great responsibility. This was the case with Aaron and his sons, whom God specifically and specially appointed to serve him and his people as priests. Now, what are priests? Priests are the ones tasked to be mediator between God and his people. To put it simply, they are like the middleman. They are God's representative to the people and they are the people's representative to God. Talk about pressure, right? Now, why is there a need for a middleman between God and His people? This points us back again to the heart of Leviticus, God's most important attribute, His Holiness. The Israelites in their sinful state cannot approach God directly or else they will be consumed by His holiness and they will die. And so God chose a few among the Israelites and made them holy, at least ritually and professionally, so that they can mediate dealings with God and the Israelites. And these chosen few are the whole tribe of Levi one of the 12 sons of Jacob, to serve in the tabernacle and later in the temple as temple servants. And from the tribe of Levi, God chose Aaron and his sons to serve as priests. And so after instructing the Israelites how they are to offer their sacrifices in the first seven chapters, here in chapter 8, God immediately puts it in effect by commanding Moses to consecrate and ordain Aaron and his sons to serve as priests. This is so that the Israelites can immediately offer their sacrifices to God. And what God wants the Israelites and us to learn from this event is that those whom God exclusively calls are exclusively His to exclusively do His will. Those whom God exclusively calls are exclusively His to exclusively do His will. Let us understand more what this truth means to us by diving to Leviticus chapter 8 together. First, let us understand the exclusivity of the priestly office. Now, we usually do not want the term exclusive to be associated with the church because the word exclusive may sound so elitist Like being part of an elite club, where you have to be rich and have some connections in order to be part of one. Well, the church definitely isn't an exclusive elite club. But sadly, some people have that impression about the church because some Christians act like it is. But that is not what the the exclusivity of the priesthood means. The exclusivity of the priesthood means that they are exclusively for God's use only. And that is what the anointing of Aaron and his sons tells us, that they are consecrated to be used for God's purposes only. The priesthood is exclusively his. We see this when Moses dressed Aaron with the high priestly clothes in Leviticus 8, verse 6 to 9. It says, And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. And he put on the coat on him and tied the sash around his waist, clothed him with the robe. And put the ephod on him and tied the skillfully woven band of the ephod around him, binding it to him with the band. And he placed the breastpiece on him and in the breastpiece he put the Urim and the Thummim and he set the turban on his head and on the turban in front he set the golden plate, the holy crown as the Lord commanded Moses. The same was done to Aaron's sons in verse 13. You see, the high priestly clothes were made with fine materials and made up of precious stones and gold. The high priest's wearing of these magnificent clothes reflects the splendor and majesty of the Lord they are to serve. They represent God's glory and beauty. You see, nothing less is appropriate in serving the King of Kings. And in front of the golden plate that surrounds the turban were engraved the words, Holy to the Lord in Hebrew this serves as a reminder that they belong exclusively to the Lord because the word holy means to be set apart and so they are set apart for the Lord's use. The exclusivity of the priestly office is not only emphasized through their majestic clothes but also in their anointing. In Leviticus 8 verse 12 it says, and he Moses poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him. Moses anointings, anointing Aaron's head with oil is an act symbolizing Aaron being consecrated for the Lord. Consecrate comes from the Hebrew word kadesh, which means holy. Consecrate means to set apart and to dedicate for special use. And so Aaron and his sons are dedicated exclusively for God's use only and nothing else. You know, my grandma and I often argue about our dining wares at home. She often asks me or our helper to buy some plastic or cheap dining wares from the market. And whenever she does that, I always ask her, why do we need to buy new ones when we have lots of nice Plates and cups at home simply being displayed, gathering dust, not being used. I I always argue, what is the point of having all these nice cups and plates if we are not going to use them? But she always tells me that that those are not for daily use, but only for special occasions when there are guests who visit us in our home. You see, just like our nice dining wares, are exclusively for special occasions and special guests only. The priests are exclusively for serving the Lord only. They are exclusively His and for no one else. They are not allotted a land of their own unlike the rest of the tribes of Israel. When they enter the promised land, they are not to take part in the agriculture or raising livestock. Their job? Is exclusively to serve God in the temple. But let me point out that they are not useless, unlike our dining wares at home have become. On the contrary, they are vital in the lives of all the people. The Lord uses the priests to fulfill his purpose not only for them but for the whole nation of Israel. And they have been made holy and they are to be kept holy so that the Lord can use them. In Exodus 19, verse 5 to 6, it says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my command, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. A treasured possession. That is how God describes those who have been set apart for him. And that is why it is so important for those whom God has made holy to consecrate themselves, separating themselves from the sinful practices of the world. Because if they don't, then the Lord cannot use them. And they have become worthless. Brothers and sisters, those whom God exclusively calls are exclusively His to exclusively do His will. The priest were dressed and anointed to be consecrated to the Lord. They belong to Him are to, and they are to live exclusively for His purposes alone. Now, how about us? Do we set ourselves apart from the world so that the Lord can use our lives? Do we have a- other masters aside from God? Do we live our lives as if it belongs to the Lord or as if it belongs to us? Remember, that those whom god exclusively calls are exclusively his to exclusively do his will are you exclusively his now that we understand that the exclusivity of the priest uh, what the exclusivity of the priestly office means let us now understand the qualification for the priestly office why did god choose aaron and his sons to serve as priests Is there anything special about them that made them to be qualified to serve in the priestly office? The simple answer to this question is no. There was nothing special about Aaron and his sons that made them eligible for this special role God has given them. They don't possess any special talent that made them fit to become God's representative to the people or vice versa. Neither are they more righteous than the other tribes of Israel? You know, some commentators of the Bible say that the reason why the Levites were chosen by God for this role is because during the golden calf incident, they stood by Moses and were obedient to God as recorded in Exodus chapter 32. But that doesn't explain why Aaron, who fashioned the golden calf himself that the Israelites worship in the first place, became high priest. And also, God called the Levites and Aaron to serve as priests even before that incident. In Exodus chapter 28, it says, Then bring near to you Aaron, your brother, and his sons with him from among the people of Israel to serve me as priest. Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar. As you can see, Aaron and his sons together with all the Levites were normal people just like the rest of Israel. They were just as sinful as any man in Israel. In fact, the rest of of Leviticus chapter 8, from verse 14 onwards, describes how Moses had to sacrifice sin offerings and other offerings on behalf of Aaron and his sons for the atonement of their sins, so that they can serve as priests. In Leviticus 8, verse 14 to 15, it says, Then he brought the bull of the sin offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the bull of the sin offerings. And he killed it, and Moses took the blood, and with his finger put it on the horns of the altar around it, and purified the altar, poured out the blood at the base of the altar, and consecrated to make atonement for it. The blood of the offering was also placed on Aaron's right right ear, and right thumb, and right toe, as recorded in verse 23. Likely to symbolize Aaron's full consecration and purification of his whole body so that he would be fitting for God's service. So, as you can see, there's nothing special about Aaron and his sons, nor the rest of the Levites. What makes them special is that they are exclusively chosen by God to serve as priests. It's not who they are that made them qualified to be priests. It is because of what God has done that made them qualified to serve as priests. Do you guys remember when we talk about Jacob and Esau in Genesis chapter 25 last year? What did we learn there? Do you remember? We learned that God does not choose the qualified. Instead, he qualifies the chosen. And we see the same thing here. It is by His grace alone that He qualifies those He has chosen. He forgives their sins and transforms them so that He can use them for His purposes, just like what He did to Jacob. Brothers and sisters, God does not choose all people to be His servants, nor does He only choose talented or righteous people to serve Him. God chooses whom He wants to choose, all of them sinners, And then all of them saved by His grace, He atones for their sins, transforms them and makes them holy, and He uses them for His glory. And now you might ask, how do I know if I am chosen by God to serve Him? Well, let me tell you. If you are a Christian, a follower of Christ, if you are part of the church, then you are chosen by God to serve as His royal priesthood. For the Apostle Peter tells us in First Peter 2 verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Yes, brothers and sisters, you and I are called to be his priest to the world we the church are God's representative to the world. Our primary function as the church is to serve this deeply troubled world as priests, mediator of God's grace by sharing the gospel and leading people to God by making disciples. We are exclusively called for His exclusive use to proclaim the excellencies of the one who called us Usually the church calls for volunteers to serve in various ministries And many times we volunteer ourselves or excuse ourselves from volunteering But brothers and sisters in Christ God does not want us to be volunteers We are called to serve him We are forgiven by God to serve him We are saved by God to serve Him. We are being transformed by God to serve Him. We are gifted by God to serve Him, the King of kings. Brothers and sisters, we are not volunteers. We are called to serve as His royal priesthood. We are not volunteers. We are called. It is not our choice to serve. It is our duty to serve in whatever ministry God calls us to serve. So, may this be a reminder for us that next time when there is an opportunity to serve, we will not hesitate and think whether we want to serve or not because it should not be our choice. It is our duty. We are not volunteers. We are called. And let us not think ourselves unqualified because He always qualifies those whom He has called and chosen. Remember, those whom God exclusively calls are exclusively His, to exclusively do His will. And UECP, we are those people. We are the ones exclusively called by God. We are exclusively His, to do His will exclusively. Now that we understand the exclusivity and qualification of the priestly office and that we are called to be his royal priesthood, what then are the responsibilities of the priest? Just as we have talked about last week, the priests are to offer sacrifices pleasing to the Lord. These sacrifices are not only means of atonement but also of worship to God. The priests are, are to lead the people in worshiping the Lord. And that is our role as well. We are to lead people in worshiping the Lord. In First Peter 2 verse 9, it says that we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And our task is that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, as his royal priesthood, our lives... Our words, our actions, our thoughts must all give glory to Him. And before we can even lead others in worshiping God, our lives must be holy and pleasing to God. In Romans 12 verse 1, it says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. When we obey God in our lives, living holy lives, keeping away from sin, then we are offering sacrifices that are pleasing to the Lord. But on the other hand, even when we praise God with our lips but we live in disobedience and sin, then we are not really worshiping God. And as priests, we have to make sure that our offerings are pleasing to the Lord. So my question for you, my brothers and sisters, are you living your life pleasing to the Lord? I hope we are because we are called to offer pleasing sacrifices to Him. Also as priests, Aaron and his sons are to offer up the Lord the prayers and the inquiries of the people. The Israelites approach the priest and the priests are the ones to approach God. The same way, as God's royal priesthood, one of our important roles is to pray and intercede for others. As royal priesthood, prayer is not an option. It is not merely a privilege. It is our responsibility to pray for one another's and for our world. In 1 Timothy two, verse one to three it says, First of all, then I urge that first of all then I urge a supplication Prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be, thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior. So, are we praying for one another? Are we praying for our church? Are we praying for our country or our leaders? Are we interceding for our world? Brothers and sisters, as God's royal priesthood, we should. You see, prayer for us is not an option. It is our duty to intercede for one another and for our world. This is part of God's will for us that we must follow exclusively. If you don't know how to intercede for others or you're not comfortable doing it alone, then I would strongly encourage all of you to join our English prayer huddle every Tuesday night via Zoom. There we, uh, we come together to pray for one another, to pray for our church, to pray for our country, the Philippines, and to pray for our world. I hope that you can join us in praying and interceding for, for others, for we are all called to do so for we are God's royal priesthood. And finally, the most important role of the high priest is to conduct the service on the Day of Atonement. It is done once a year, where the high priest entered the most holy place, sprinkled the blood of the sacrifice on the holy seat to make atonement for himself and all Israel. This can only be done by the high priest. And the church's high priest, it's not the pastors or the elders, nor is it our senior pastor. The high priest of the church is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who comes before the presence of God, holy and perfect, and offers himself as the perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. You see, Jesus was not only the perfect sacrifice, he was a perfect high priest. In Hebrews 9, verse 11 to 12, it says But when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy place, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing. An eternal redemption. This, brothers and sisters, is the gospel that we, as God's royal priesthood, are to proclaim. This is the exclusive way to be right with God, the exclusive way to live in His presence. This is the exclusive message that genuinely offers forgiveness and eternal life, that Jesus, our great high priest, perfect and without sin offered his life as the perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins and gave us eternal life you see jesus is the exclusive high priest he is the exclusive lord and savior that brings salvation to those who believes in him and you know Our world has challenged the exclusivity of Jesus Christ for salvation. Why is God so exclusive in saving humanity, they ask? Doesn't he want all people to be saved? Why is God so exclusive in offering salvation to the world? Why is there only one way, not many ways? And I remember what one of my professors taught us in SBC. He says, The exclusivity of the gospel is not meant to exclude, but to include all people. The exclusivity of the gospel is not meant to exclude, but to include all people. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is the exclusive claim of our Lord Jesus. And it is not to exclude people from having eternal life. On the contrary, it is to include all those who will believe in Him. Whether you are the greatest of sinner or the least, whether you come from any race or any country, Jesus is the way to eternal life. All are saved through Him and Him alone. This is the exclusive message that we are to proclaim as God's royal priesthood. Brothers and sisters, we are God's royal priesthood. We are exclusively called by God to be exclusively His and to exclusively do His will. To proclaim the exclusive Lord and Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. So brothers and sisters, let us not hesitate, for we are not volunteers, we are called. Let us serve Him exclusively all the days of our lives, until the world knows that Jesus is the exclusive way to Him. He is the exclusive way to eternal life. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we just want to give thanks to you this morning. Thank you for leading us to the book of Leviticus and leading us, Lord, to remind us that you have assigned priests to serve you exclusively so that we can come to you and offer our sacrifices. But most of all, we thank you for our great high priest, Jesus Christ, whom who came to your presence perfect and who gave the perfect sacrifice of his own body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And so through him, we are now called by you to be your royal priesthood to this fallen world. Father, may we follow in the footsteps of our Lord, our great high priest. Help us to lead this world in worshipping you. Help them to see, Lord, that you are the only true God, great and wonderful. Help us, Lord, to have a heart, compassion for our world by praying for it, by interceding for all people. And most of all, help us, Lord, to proclaim the exclusive message that Jesus is the exclusive Lord and Savior of this world. May the world see that God wants all of them to have eternal life. And so he wants to point them to the only way, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May our lives proclaim him. May our words proclaim him. So that the world may know that he is the only Savior who can give us eternal life. In his name we pray, amen and amen.